You're listening to Smashing 50, the health, fitness and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. Hey, this is Mike from Smashing 50 with another podcast and we're talking again about the benefits of giving up alcohol and in particular with one year no beer. And this evening I'm joined with Matt Hall, who's 55 years old and he's uh, located down in Berkshire in the UK. Um, He's a consultant and a former firefighter and Matt's been alcohol free for just about six months now. So Matt, very nice to have you on the show this evening. Hi Mike, great to be here, great to chat. And uh, so I've got a few questions that I'd just like to to go through, and hopefully we can get some some interesting answers and some you know inspire a few other people who are listening to this conversation. So I'd just like to start off by asking you, um, what was your relationship with alcohol like in the past or before you decided to take a break from alcohol? I think, like uh, in common with a lot of. A lot of guys, I guess, uh, you know, men of a certain age, have grew up in a culture of uh, drinking. We celebrate, we commiserate, we tend to associate uh, good times and bad with having a drink. And um, I mean, I wasn't at the place of putting whiskey on my cornflakes, but I would certainly have a drink every day. I would uh, have a couple of beers in the evening, um, maybe a bottle of wine, and just generally kind of fix the stress of the day with uh, a drink or or two or three or four and so I got to the point really when I think I was just um, feeling like the drink was something that had become a real kind of crutch it was a go-to it was a kind of it's the end of the day it's five o'clock it's beer o'clock um, so and that felt quite normal if I'm honest, it, it, it didn't feel odd. Um, so my relationship with it is that beer was always there and uh, and it would always serve me. I didn't feel like uh, I was chasing it. I just felt it was there for me, really, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was actually just going to ask because it sounded like you, I was going to ask, you know, it's like it's normalised in your life, isn't it? Like, like so many people, it's just like you just said, it was there. Alcohol was just there. And it's like the only drug that, you know, is on tap, just always there. Everyone's got it in the house. The off license is always open. It's it's kind of insane how it just forces, you know, it's embedded into our culture, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Mike, but I grew up, you know, learning learning that. This is no disrespect to my parents, but I, can't, I, I guess I learned that from my mum and dad, uh, from my grandparents. You know, there was always drink around in the house, so it's, from a, a young and I would be pouring my dad drinks when he came home from work. And I guess by association, we just kind of think these things are completely normal. Um, uh, we, we moved house a few years ago and uh, three doors down from me is a, is a little convenience store, uh, which, you know, three years ago was nicknamed the beer fridge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it was just there and it was never going to run out of beer. So um, all of these things do seem very normal. And I think it, it's, you get to a point where you think, uh, actually, somebody's knocking on your door, almost saying, "Maybe that's not quite as normal as you think it is." And so, you know, at what point, like, uh, you know, when you would, when you were kind of drinking your most, and you were, you know, right into it, what was, what was your health like at that time, and what were your relationships like, and your, and your lifestyle? I think my lifestyle was was again um, fairly average, at the risk of sounding dull. But you know, I had a, a 
good group of friends uh, as part of a karate class. So I was, you know, socialized out and into my fitness. Uh, I used to like to run. Um, I'd, I'd always been relatively active. Uh, but I think, and I've, I've found this out since really, it's, in fact, it's, we'll, we'll get onto this, but it's amazing how much more you find out after you do take a break from alcohol than you, you do when you're kind of in the middle of it. But uh, it, it was absolutely changing me in terms of how I was with people and around people and uh, and some people have you know shared with me since then that really it was a bit like walking on eggshells uh, around me when I'd had a drink because as far as I was concerned that was all just part of it and it was all fun and all normal but actually I don't think we always realize how we're we're impacting other people uh, even just with the kind of the monotony of being somebody who feels they need to have a drink every day um, that has a knock-on effect into the lives of other people as well, especially those that, you know, your nearest and dearest that are with and around you all the time. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, so it sounds like, you know, your relationships were the things that were being affected the most. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, to be honest, it, it it's not at the forefront of your mind when you're the one that's having a drink because uh, you feel quite in control and you feel that, um, you know, somebody's a bit, fed up it must be them you know you kind of tend to push the idea that it's you uh, well this is my just my view obviously but you know you, you, I tended to push the idea that it was someone else's problem uh, rather than mine you know so I, I would push that away rather than confront myself about it quite often it, it's interesting yeah I, I did a couple of calls yesterday um, around the same theme and um, a couple of things came up it was well, one was the well, when you're drinking together with people, everybody gets drunk at the same time. So you don't really realize how you're changing. But yeah, there's one analogy where, you know, if you're at home on your own and you haven't been drinking and your mate comes around and it's nine o'clock and he's had a skinful, you realize like, you know, the level that people are at when they are when they are actually drunk. And um so, so you definitely don't realize when you're the drunk person, you kind of, you don't realize that you're quite that bad, even if you've only had a few beers, but, it, but when you're sober and you, and you see that, and it's only when you step out of that circle of, you know, and you go out to a pub and you, and you're sober, that you realize quite how it changes people. And I think it's interesting what you said there as well about um, using alcohol to push your fears away. Because in a call I had yesterday, the guy there was was saying he was actually using alcohol um, to to just disguise his fears, but they always came back the next day, but with a hangover. Yeah, I so. think, yeah, that's absolutely true, and I think that's that's really interesting and very common. Um, uh, and also this idea that you know it's almost like society expects us to be people that uh, are you know funny and outgoing and uh, have a story to tell and uh, are always upbeat and are always up for it and and in many ways you know alcohol is used by many people and I think was used by me certainly to um, to kind of feed that image and and it's only really when you step away from that and you you start to uh, kind of encounter the person behind that that you, you have some really interesting conversations and some really interesting discoveries about yourself as well that yeah, yeah. Um, this person that you project is is not necessarily the person that sits behind that mm -hmm. it's a good sticking plaster i guess yeah for sure mm -hmm. and, uh, like you say but until you wake up with a hangover exactly yeah yeah and then everything's 
double worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so what made you kind of make the leap and, and try going alcohol-free and, and I'll use one year no beer? Well, I've been reading um, a couple of things that happened. One in terms of just getting into uh, trying to get back into sort of fitness. I'd, I'd been retired from the fire service for uh, a year or two, and I think I'd lost a little bit of my way in terms of you know my mojo about what I was doing and uh, you know health wise, fitness wise. So uh, I wanted to get back into that. One of the things that led me or helped on that journey was. Um, coming across some of the stuff the guys were doing in SAS Who Dares Wins, which was you know the popular TV program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got got myself along to one of Ant Middleton's day camps, which was um, uh, things he runs a couple of times a year, where you can kind of get together and have a bit of a beasting, like a kind of little mini tiny version of the of the TV show, but you know, far less violent um <laughs> it, it was it was good fun it was a proper beasting he knew he'd had a good day but a smashing fella and a really good time out he didn't pay me to say that but it, it was really good fun one of the things it did for me though is it challenged um my own concept of being the best version of me which is one of the you know mantras and expressions that the ant uses and the other guys and that, that really challenged me thinking well what, what does the best version of matt hole look like um mm-hmm. uh, and and is the current version the best version so i suppose that was thinking you know that was kind of playing around in my mind uh and very very soon after that within a few weeks after that i i got along to ollie ollerton who's one of the other guys in in the show uh, another ex special forces guy um and his uh, his road show was was equally good and he he launched a couple of things around vision and goals and also a, a battle ready 360 fitness app um so i started doing these things that were you know make some physical and mental challenges to myself to kind of get myself back on track and see where i could go one of the things that that led to was reading ollie's book um he tells very candidly his own story about his own battle with alcohol and with drugs and things as he was transitioning from the army and from the special forces from the marines into uh into kind of civilian life and his own battle with alcohol in particular and and that really resonated with me um because he was obviously a functioning guy he was a successful guy he was fit he was you know doing what he was doing but it was almost like he had this um this presence that just nagged at the back of him the whole time uh, and it was only really when he'd found a way of breaking through that and dealing with his own issues that um, he really started to 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 kind of live live his best life which he's gone on to do fantastically so that those two pieces really combined together in particular his book and then within his book he mentions this group uh, that he then reached out to as part of his journey which was called one year no beer uh, so the fact that he'd mentioned it in the book kind of sowed a seed. I knew nothing about it. It was just one of those things. Uh, and I think the kind of the mutual respect that I had for and, and for Ollie in terms of what they do and the, the work they continue to do, um, you know, as, as and they're not, you know, young men these days. They're over 40 themselves. So they're, they're yeah. hitting that middle age thing. Um, so that all kind of resonated, really. And uh, when I came to that point in May, I was sitting out on my back deck um, with a yet another hangover at 55 years old, with my dog looking at this lovely sunny, and it was a nice sunny Sunday afternoon, uh, 
finishing my last cigarette that I was also still smoking and decided that's it I'm going to stub this out and I'm going to stop uh, so I made a coffee and uh, literally got on my phone and looked up the Facebook page the website page for one year no beer and just started to read about what they were doing because um, I thought I'm, I know that I need something that is going to give me some focus and a 28 day challenge as it was to just explore that relationship with alcohol i wasn't talking about quitting at this stage i think i was talking about you know exploring my relationship with alcohol acknowledging the fact that i didn't want to wake up and have a hangover most days uh, was kind of where i started with it really so between that you know the kind of the physical mental challenge to be the best version of me and then the link directly from ollie into the one year no beer world is is what got me to that starting place so in essence, like you're already kind of thinking, I'm drinking too much. I, you know, I'm not in. I'm not feeling. You know, this great. And then, of course, those amazing experiences that you've had have just, you know, been the tipping point really and made you question all a lot of different things in your life, as and especially the alcohol. Yeah, and I think that's right. And I guess you know, many of us have probably woken up, you know, the wrong side of a couple of pints, thinking, oh. What do I do that for? You know, or yeah. you know, and even if it's been for a really good reason, you know, you've been at a wedding or a party, or it's somebody's birthday, you know, we don't. Uh, I don't think many people um, deliberately set out to say, "I'm going to drink loads of alcohol tonight to poison myself." Uh, yeah. I'm going to make sure I get absolutely battered because I know how horrible it feels, and that's what I want to feel like. You know, we don't, we don't tend to approach alcohol like that, do we? we? We approach alcohol with the idea of it'll be a laugh, it's a party, go on, just have one more for the road, you know, wet the baby's head, whatever the excuse is, you know, and, and on we go. So we do it with good intention most of the time, I would, yeah. I would suggest. Uh, but, of course, the, the thing that, that struck me was what, whatever your intention is when you set out, you know, I've got some great mates who love to drink and it's, you know, it was always uh, a laugh, you know, the majority of the time. But without fail, we would all look at each other the next day if we were staying, you know, around locally or at a hotel or something. And over breakfast, if you made it to breakfast, you'd stare at each other over the bacon and eggs and you go, why on earth did we do that? You know, you, you uh, know that, that's the way we roll, isn't it? <laughs> it, it it's it's that the record's been repeated, like, you know, millions of times every day for, for everyone, I think. You know, you always wake up and go, why did we do that? You know, and yeah. and like I was having a chat yesterday with with, with another uh, chap and, uh, and and he was saying, yeah, the actual drinking is quite short, really, if you think about it, you know, a couple of hours in the pub. But if you think about the time that you waste when you're there and the fact that the next day, you know, or maybe even the day after as well, it has, you know, you're paying for it for, you know, three, four, five times as long. Yeah. And, you know, personally, I mean, we'll get onto this in a, in a little bit, um, but, you know, the productivity that you can have, I think, but when you're off the alcohol is uh, is quite f fantastic. So just, you know, you're just getting into the challenge now. So, um, and you chose One Year No Beer because you'd been recommended it for, from the books and from Ollie. Um, and so how, how's the challenge? Are you still in the challenge or how's it, how is it on the challenge? Yeah, I, I am still in it. I'm loving it every day. Um, so 
I thought to uh, to start with, to be honest, I, I kind of did a watching brief on it for the first sort of five or six days because you, you can sign up for um, 28, 90 or 365 days is the kind of the deal. So obviously it's called One Year No Beer, clues uh, in the title, but there is a 28 day challenge and there's a 90 day challenge as well. So I kind of looked around the bazaars at the sort of the public facing stuff on the website. And I was just curious, really thinking, well, can I even do that? Uh, I didn't tell my wife at the time because I wasn't convinced that I would be able to do more than one day, to be honest. So I thought I'll just keep it quiet. I got to about seven, but stopped drinking beer um, or anything at all. So I, I just did that for the first seven days just on my own. And at that point, I got to the, the next Sunday and thought, you know what, I think I can do this. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, and so I signed up, signed myself up for the 28 day challenge. Uh, and what you get with that, I mean, the way this the system there works, it's not uh, it's not a kind of um, th there's a massive community. I can talk about the one year no beer community a bit. Um, it's fantastic support all around the world. People that have, uh, are on this challenge. Uh, from all sorts of walks of life, really, it's quite awesome. Uh, but it's not um, it's not a, a an alcohol help, you know, or a dependency kind of medically set up thing. So, uh, and what I mean by that is, it's not somewhere that you go to to say, "Oh, hi, my name's Matt. I'm an alcoholic and I'm really struggling." Uh, it's it's more the way it's more launched is around a lifestyle choice. Uh, mm -hmm. So it'd be, it'd be more about, you know, well, I, I'm just this bloke who drinks a bit too much every now and again. And uh, I want to get a grip of that. And I want to do something around my relationship with alcohol. Um, as it happens, the majority of the people that go through uh, and continue on to the one, the whole one year no beer challenge have significantly changed their relationship with alcohol. And the majority of those people have decided that alcohol was something they used to do uh, as opposed to something that they might do in moderation or whatever else. Um, so so there's there's options. And the point of mentioning that really is it's a it's a challenge that everybody can do. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone, you know, you, you're somebody out there who's just saying, do you know what? Um, I've tried this just at the weekends. It's ended up bleeding into Monday, Tuesday night, and then I might just start having a drink on Thursday because that's nearly Friday, isn't it? So I've got Wednesday now is the day that I don't have anything to drink. Um, and, and I want to kind of put that back in balance. You could use it for that sort of thing. You know, there's, there's some real practical applications, really. You might be studying for a degree or you might be uh, cramming for a new job or, you know, you might be looking to to you know change up your career in sort of midlife and, and, and want to do something uh, that that's a bit ballsy that you've got to kind of put yourself out there and you know and and front up to but you know that you just you know each day you're a little bit fuzzy the head's not quite as clear as it could be um then great jump on the challenge and say right for the next four weeks i'm going to focus on nothing but knocking this out of the park uh, take the distraction from alcohol, park it on one side. There's lots of things and uh, aids and tips and things throughout the 28 days, a daily video uh, that kicks in at six o'clock every morning. So for most people, unless you're working shifts or nights or whatever, you know, you're kind of waking up in the morning with this little gem of wisdom uh, and a little bit of motivation right there in, in your in your phone, in your hand to say, come on, you know, you got this, let's go. Um, and, and kind of on you go. Uh, and and test yourself you know i would say to anybody 
uh, don't don't take my word for it. You know, try it out and and see how you feel. See how different you feel each morning when you wake up. And perhaps you're starting to wake up at seven if you used to get crawl out at eight, or you're waking up at six if it was seven, or you're awake at five and you're thinking, oh, I could put my running gear on and go for a run now. I've got an extra hour that I didn't know I had. Yeah. You know, there's so many other benefits that spin off of this down the line. Um, it's it's really not over-egging it to say it is a life-changing thing just even to manage that relationship with alcohol i i think that the, the, there's so much that about alcohol that robs you of time and of inspiration and everything like you say you know if, if you're if you're getting up feeling fresh and you've had a good sleep and it's six o'clock in the morning whereas you were waking up at 7, 7.30 with a bad head, you have got an extra hour and a half. And like what Absolutely. you can do in an hour and a half, you know, you can change your life in an hour and a half if you, if you were to do something like go to the gym or go swimming or, or go running in the morning or, or write or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's not just that time that you're sitting around drinking and it, 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 there's so much that it takes away from the essence of life, I think being on this journey myself and just going back to your journey and, and your challenge so like what surprised you the most about you know the challenge for you really as well have you surprised yourself yeah i, th I think i have and it, it, it's what, what you just said there mike is, is a is a top one actually you know, the the what you get back um i think the thing for me and, and bear in mind i'm still on this journey you know I'm, I'm kind of nearly six months in but it's almost like every day is a discovery without you know, wanting to sort of put too many cliches in there, but it's really true. And I think the thing that has surprised me most is um, what you can get done in the time that you've got available. I, and and I, I've you know I've worked in 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 careers where uh, things are time critical. You know, in the fire service, there's there's just, you know that that element of um, it's there's urgency, there's priority, there's you know time to get that done. But it's not even in emergency services. It's not like that the whole time. You know, there are periods when it's like that, and there's other times when it's it's not that intense. Um, but in normal life, in everyday life, for most people, we think, oh, there's you know, there's going to bedtime, sleeping time, getting up time, work time, family time, bit of recreation, and maybe I'll have a bit of social time in between. And we kind of box life up, don't we? And one day rolls into the next. But what I'm finding is yeah. that. There's there's an opportunity to discover something new every day, you know, to, to approach fitness in a different way because you've got some oomph back and some energy and some uh, some passion for yourself, you know, <laughs> to, to, to make sure you're looking after yourself um, as well as looking out for other people. You've got perhaps a little bit more time. I've found I've got more time for other people uh, because... Uh, my mind isn't constantly cluttered about how am I going to sort the mess out or how am I going to, you know, think clearly or worry about the next thing I've got to do because I forgot about that because I woke up with a bit of a fuzzy head. You know, I can wake up and uh, and I've, I've taken to journaling. You know, I was no great, no great note taker historically, but uh, just one of the things, one of the tips, again, I've learned from the one year no beer thing is just... You know, uh, taking a moment it can be literally five minutes in the morning just to to kind of map out your day or, or write down three things that you're grateful for or you know a couple of things that you'd like to shoot for that you've never 
really got round to doing just to sort of bring some focus and some wow wouldn't that be great if we could do that you know and and it's it's almost gifting yourself those opportunities really to start to think and to dream a little bit and to dream a bit bigger and to set some goals and to you know do that other stuff um i'm sorry i'm on a bit of a soapbox about it but it's it's amazing how just by swapping out one element of your life um because uh, that's fundamentally what you're doing when you think about it is you're really basically just saying i'll take this one thing that i used to do habitually and i'll swap that for eating better for getting some better sleep from uh, exercising more regularly for you know uh, renewing contacts and making connections with people and you know spending some time reading and and maybe learning something new or applying myself to a language or you know uh, go back to school or learn or whatever it is and, and you suddenly got the time and the headspace and this is a massive thing for me um you've got the the mental capacity to start to put some of those things in place you know does it change instantly all overnight no of course it doesn't but the transition and, and, and the journey through that that change is absolutely real and vibrant and you feel that almost from the get-go you know from that point that the alcohol and stuff is out of your system and you depending where you are on that particular journey it could be you know 12 to 24 to 72 hours or whatever for that to go um the thought of going back to that now is for me it's like whoa really why would i do that <laughs> you know? it, yeah it, it is absolutely amazing as well and like I, i've been on my own alcohol free journeys like for for 10 months now and part of that you know reason why i started was uh because of relationships because uh, my boy is just four years old now and i really wanted to you know just be the best dad that i could be and i found that when i was waking up with a fuzzy head you know, I'd have a short temper, you know, be sure. really tired and groggy first thing in the morning if he wanted to play. And I was like, I just want to, you know, be the best dad that I can. And how can I? And it was a really small thing, really, just to say, let's just take alcohol out of the equation. And, you know, and then I started to pick up like everything you were saying there. I was kind of going, yep, yep, yep. You know, like yeah. journaling and gratitude and things like that. And you discover all of these other little things that are all about, you know, development personal development and i've started taking cold showers and yeah. you know really taking all these little steps and as you take all of these little steps there seems to be more room you know in your life and like you start to have more ideas you know i could do this i could do this i could do that you know and so uh, i totally agree basically <laughs> is what i'm trying to say and so, so to this point, how has your life changed in terms of your health and your relationships and things like that? You know, lifestyle, money. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. If I, let, let's let's do that one first because there's a great little app called uh, I think it's called Quit That or something. It might be called. Um, mm -hmm. And and I I'd, I'd heard about it. I thought I'll just try it just for a giggle. And you basically put in the day that you um you stopped. So for me, I put in May the tenth. And then you put in a kind of rough guesstimate of what you might spend uh, on average. So, so for a day or a week or whatever for, for your booze or your cigarettes or whatever it is you use for your yeah. particular poison. Uh, and then it just ticks away in the background and, and it counts the days. It, 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 and it doesn't do anything at all, doesn't beep. But you just drop back into it every now and again. And just before coming on this call, I, I logged back into it. And as, of, as, as we speak here, 
I am now £3,700 richer than I was in May. Now, if you can do a job where you can get a pay rise of about a grand or five or six hundred pounds a month from your boss or the chancellor without doing anything, then you're in a really good job. But I couldn't find one. So that's incredible, isn't it? That is, I'm, yeah, totally shocked by that. I didn't, I, I had no idea you were going to say three and a half grand. No, yeah. <laughs> that, that's now, insane. That depends. I mean, that probably goes to show how much I was drinking. But, but that <laughs> depends what you're spending, obviously. But I was basing that on about four cans of beer a day and a bottle of wine uh, that would be shared across, you know, that evening. Uh, yeah. So, so when you add that up, that that in in my neck of the woods, that equates to about ten, ten pounds a day, ten fifteen pounds a day. And yeah. if you put that across seven days and then put that across six months, you know that's that's a few quid there. Uh, and when wow. you start to look at it like that, you know that is uh, every week you're giving yourself that back uh, yeah. to reinvest in something else, to maybe get that gym membership, to maybe buy those trainers, uh, to maybe. Uh, go on that holiday or treat your kids or yeah, whatever yeah. you know so um, seven so, grand a year yeah there you go yeah seven grand a year so, so that was that was a biggie for me um and i think in if you ask my wife now she's um <laughs> she's gone from i think from about 10 to 28 days in thinking okay well done you that's that's awesome but, you know, you're probably just going to slip on back now and start drinking again after you've done that. But, you know, fair play for doing it. To 90 days, I got to 90 days. And one year, no beer, do this great little thing where you get a little enamel pin badge with 28 days on it. And then you get one for 90 days. So if you're a bit of a badge collector, you can get a little row of them like, like metal oh, ribbons, nice. which nice. is very cool. Um, uh, but... But so, yeah, and here I am. at uh, So every now and again, I don't do it every morning now because the numbers are getting higher. But every now and again, we'll just sit over coffee and I'll go like, a, you know, a few days back. It was what, 170 days. Wow. 170 days. You know, that's nearly six months of your life without touching a drop of booze. So um, and and she she will tell you, you know, the, the difference uh, has been, in, you know, from her point of view, has been amazing in terms of just me being. Uh, different to be around as well um, and and yeah there's you know I've got some friends you know there's flip sides of that some people will scratch their head and never quite understand where you know fun time Matt who wants four or five pints of beer a night has gone to um, but then not everyone's on the same journey so you know that that's part and parcel of it and and I, I'm not on a journey to tell everybody they shouldn't drink as if it's something wrong uh, but I am very much on on a in the space of saying you know if you haven't tried changing your relationship with alcohol then you're missing a trick because in the same way that you would you would probably not repeatedly slam your hands and fingers in a car door because you know it would hurt you know there's ways that you can change your relationship with alcohol and just see what it does for you and then make your own mind up if you think it's worth doing or not you know so um <laughs> sorry <laughs> Have you replaced your, you know, your kind of social life? Have you, do you used to spend a lot of time in the pub? Have you, you know, have you got new friends, different friends who's doing different activities? So one of the, um, locally, all, all my friends are the same. So the same, we've got a local karate club. Um, what I have found is the benefit, and I don't know if you've tried this, Mike, the benefit of alcohol-free replacement kind of beers or wines. So if you're in the social space, there's a lot of stuff out there now, which is 
was always badged as just like drinking really bad beer <laughs> but of course it, it's not it's just um you know there's there's various versions of it some of which are better than others but there's some excellent alternatives out there now if you want to feel like a grown-up you know once in a while you or you go to the pub and you have a bottle of beer that looks like a bottle of beer it tastes pretty much like a bottle of beer it just hasn't got any alcohol in it yeah. so you absolutely can go back into that social space uh, and you know join your friends but just not be drinking the stuff that's going to make you fuzzy in the morning um, now the caveat to that is obviously that takes a little bit of doing because there's some uh, the danger is in that environment if that's what you've been used to doing that the, there's some real pressure there both peer pressure and also the old habit of yeah. going I'll walk to the bar and I'll have a glass of fizzy war. No, I won't have a pint of lager. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Before yeah. you know it, you know, you're a, you're a couple of Stellas in and you're on your way. So um, that you have got to be a bit careful. So I personally, I, I gave myself a good chunk of time where I didn't. Uh, and we were, if you can say this, I never thought I'd say lucky in, in lockdown. <laughs> but one, one of the, one of the better outcomes of having that situation was that actually we couldn't go anywhere anyway for a time. So um, I, I did a lot of the hard yards uh, at home where I could actually, it was much easier for me then to, to monitor what I had or didn't have in the house even. Um, it, but absolutely with friends still. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm the same, Matt. I'm just, I just don't drink alcohol. Uh, people can take the mick or they can go, Oh, wow, that's amazing. And actually more people do the, tell me about that. Yeah. Because they see now sort of four or five, six months down the line that that's consistent, that that's measurable, that that's happened, that that's not going away. And that actually I'm brighter, happier, more energy, more up for other things, um, you know, all of that stuff. And they're going, whoa, what did you do there exactly? <laughs> um, so it's an interesting dynamic that changes. Some people will never get it. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, you know good luck to them some people will just say not for me absolutely fine as i said i'm not in the business to uh, to sell anything to anyone but absolutely people need to try it for themselves uh, absolutely I, I believe so yeah yeah and so here's a big one for you uh would you go back to alcohol well that is a great question um I said this uh, in in the blog, and actually I was chatting to somebody the other day because one of the other networks that I've got, I've, I've gone on and done a course with uh, uh, a guy called Andy Ramage, who was the other half of Rory, who the two guys that co-founded One Year No Beer. Uh, Andy does some other great stuff in his own sort of training and coaching with office athletes and the Mind Body Gym, uh, and a, getting yourself a bunch of like-minded people, I think, has been really helpful. Um, so as you were saying, you know, your, your goal for smashing 50, this idea that people can come together at a certain point in life and go, if only there was something out there that I could relate to or somebody I could talk to or a podcast I could listen to. Um, and, and those, you know, and the, you know, the great stuff you're doing is adding to that and that those things are out there. Uh, so that's been really helpful for me to kind of lock myself into uh, a kind of a like minded community, really. Um, but in terms of going to answer your question, the conversation I was having with this person was, I really don't see why I would. Um, it's a bit like, um, I was trying to think how to explain this to someone who's still drinking, knowing that I used to like to drink. Um, why, why would I change? And for me, it's a bit like um, 
when you first find out as a kid that a stinging nettle stings, um, and you've got a choice then, haven't you? The, to, to either walk over to the bunch of stinging nettles and stick your hand in it and go, well, that hurts. Or you learn the lesson and you go, well, this is really easy. I can never stop a nettle stinging, but I don't have to put my hand in it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where I am with alcohol. Uh, I'm convinced that I'm better without it in, in every way than with it physically, mentally, emotionally, in relationships, uh, in my own thinking, in my own ability, my own creativity, my own energy. So why would I then go back to something that used to take the edge off of all of those things? Um, so as we sit here and now, um, as I said, it's, you know, I didn't join a temperance thing. I haven't stood up and said never again. Um, but my relationship with alcohol is so significantly changed now that I can't see why I would ever go back to drinking it. Your response has been almost exactly the same as the two previous people that I've spoken to. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm I, I, you know, I don't want to go down the road of saying I won't ever do it again. But then again, I don't feel like I have to. I just know that at this moment in time, he, I'm in, I'm in this space, and I just can't see why I would go back. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, exactly. you know, and and you know, the one of the guys I was speaking to yesterday was like, was like, what? Why do you have to? You know, why, why do you have to say even? You know, I'm never going to drink again. It's just like yeah. you can make a choice, you know, maybe in two years time, I'll go out for a couple of beers with someone if I feel like it. Yeah, it's not going to do me any harm. But, you know, yeah. I know that in those two years between now and then, I'll, I'll achieve so much and feel great. And I'll probably feel like crap after those two beers anyway. <laughs> yeah. Do you, know, do you know what's really interesting as well? I found this just quickly is that um, because I stopped smoking at the same time. So I've been smoke free and alcohol free for the same amount of time. Uh, which my, lung, my lungs are thanking me for no end um, and and my time on my my 10k times have dropped significantly which is brilliant so uh, oh. um, but but my my same friends that I would go out with and they would tolerate me standing out in the cold or having a cigarette in their garden or whatever else uh, not one of them has said to me what on earth Matt have you stopped smoking for but really? several of them have said to me what on earth have you stopped drinking for isn't that interesting? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the idea, and I know we're not, you know, they're not exactly the same, but they, they both scientifically and medically have proven to have a, you know, a, a debilitating or a, some kind of effect on the body in excess. Uh, uh, but the, you know, the, the idea from my, my particular group of friends is smoking, yeah, absolutely no brainer. Why would you ever even do that, let alone stop doing it um but the drinking thing there's much more mystery around this thing of it yeah but you will have a drink won't you you know yeah. you won't stop forever <laughs> but, this idea almost like we can't live without it you know so the, the, the thing is is that i think I had, this came up yesterday as well um about 50 years ago smoking was you know my my grandparents you know you know even in the war they gave out smoking you know they give out cigarettes to help you you know to absolutely right you know to, to to calm you down and or whatever it was but i think the thing with alcohol is going to catch up you know maybe you know yeah. maybe where smoking is now maybe alcohol will be there as well in in 10 15 20 years yeah. 
and there's been some interesting research done with the with the naughty generation and the millennials and and their the the uptake of alcohol in that age group is far far lower than it is with our generation mm-hmm. so the you know the previous lot whether it's the bad example that we've set i don't know but the pre, you know the, the next generation coming up are using alcohol in a different way i mean mm-hmm. there's obviously exceptions to that and there are those that do uh, but generally across a generational slice uh, they are much less interested in using alcohol so potentially this could you know increase and grow legs and and people sure. could be challenging that much earlier on in their lives and saving themselves a whole world of pain and an awful lot of money into the process as well yeah yeah just while i remember i just want to ask what, what your 10k time is uh i'm running my last one was 57 10 brilliant my goal for being 55 uh, and this is for the 14th so this is coming up in two weeks time my goal is 55 dead or better yeah because i wanted to do 55 at 55 well did, did the name smashing 50 originally came from i wanted to run a 10k in less than 50 minutes brilliant and i still haven't quite done it i got down to 52 oh awesome and uh but of course like we haven't had any races this year yeah um but my, my last race that i did i got down to 52 it might have been 5207 or something like that and i think i might have just training done 51 something but i can't quite remember now but i'm still going for that sub 50 but whew, hard work hard it work is. it's yeah. Well, that's that's why I went, I, I went for the hour. So, so my my um my five k time. I was in uh, lucky enough to get across to Turkey in the summertime uh, when my five k goal came up. So I was doing it in just shy of forty degrees heat, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I I did my five k in twenty five. Brilliant. And, uh, and then to which was great for me. My, my target was to go sub thirty because that's yeah. what I wanted. Um, but I've been training quite hard on the run up to that, and I just went for it on the day. And it, it, you know, it was one of those runs where everything was right, and it was we just sort of cracked on, and it was good. Um, but what I've learned is the difference. Just to do, you think, oh, double that up and run a ten k in fifty. Yeah. Then that's really easy. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, does it? <laughs> I, I, I tried that on my first ten k race. I was like, okay, I'll do the first five k in twenty five. And then I'll do the second 5K in 25. Well, I did the first 5K in about 26 or something. And the second 5K, well, I, I, I stopped. Yeah. At nine kilometers and 500 meters, I just couldn't do another step. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely burnt myself out. It was a nightmare. But um, you live and learn. You live and yeah, learn. Yeah, they're different, different beasts, aren't they? They are indeed, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I was really inexperienced and that was my first run for like about 30-odd years, so (laughs) too too much drinking in between. Exactly. So we're just getting on to uh, the last couple of questions now. So, uh, you know, if you could, you know, say anything to anyone who's uh, listening to this podcast who might be thinking about taking a break from alcohol, what would you say? I'd say do it. Um, and I'd say do it now. I think the thing for me was I'd spent quite a long time thinking it probably wasn't right. When I reflect back on it now, um, and as I said, uh, you know, at, at the top of this chat, 
I wasn't pouring whiskey on my cornflakes. You know, I could quite happily go all day, um, and and you know, a series of days without having a drink. But more often than not, I would choose to drink every day, um, and I think that's the difference. So, if if you're anywhere near that space of thinking, I just it's what helps me relax. It's what help. It, you know, it's what I need to get through. Um, start now. Start today. Just just give yourself that little challenge and just say, I'll tell you what, let's just pause that then for the next seven days. Whatever you got in the fridge, if if you're up for, you know, powering through, then keep it in the fridge. Just don't touch it. Uh, if it helps you, put it in another room, give it to a mate, donate it to somebody else, you know, uh, and give yourself a run at it. Give yourself a fighting chance uh, and just see how you feel. See how you feel as you wake up that two or three days later. Uh, starting to have that little bit more brightness, a little bit more, you know, oomph around you. Uh, and I, I, my personal experience, and I would guarantee from the people I've spoken to and the many people that have been on this journey, is um, you will only feel better as a result of, of changing that relationship with alcohol. Brilliant. Excellent message, I think, for, for anyone who's uh, who's listening, anyone who might be thinking about uh, making a positive change to their life. Thanks very much for uh, for your time, Matt, and that's been really insightful and uh, really inspirational, I'm sure, for somebody. Thanks, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure, and good luck to anyone who's going to take a break. You're listening to Smashing 50, the health, fitness, and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. 